0: this segment of the show is brought to you by the pga tour superstore see why golfers everywhere are proud to call pga tour superstore their golf pro shop visit them online at pgasuperstore.com now back to you chris
1: All right, now back with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Kelly Stenzel. Let me give you a little background on Kelly. She is from Geneva, New York, which is an upstate between Buffalo and Syracuse. She played four years of college golf at Furman, and during her senior season, she led Furman to a second-place finish in the NCAA National Championship Finals. After college, she played professionally for five years on the Futures Tour, the European Tour, the Asian Tour, the South African Tour, and the Australian Tour as well. She turned her attention to teaching, and uh, Golf Magazine has named her as one of their top 100 instructors. Golf Digest has her as one of the top 50 best women teachers, and Golfer Women Magazine has named her one of their top 50 instructors as well. She is a, a PGA of America master professional. She's written several books, including The Women's Guide to Golf, The Women's Guide to Consistent Golf, and The Women's Guide to Lower Scores. Golf Magazine has also named her as one of the most beautiful women in the game of golf, and I'm delighted to have her back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Kelly, thanks for coming back on the show.
0: Hey, Chris, thanks so much for having me, and I love your energy, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try my best to keep up with you. You're doing a great job. I <laughs> appreciate that. <ya. laughs> hey, and thank you for the nice intro. That was very nice of you. Thank you.
1: Uh, absolutely. But, Kelly, you know what? It, it's been a minute since I got the privilege of having you on the show, so catch us up. What's been going on with you?
0: Oh, you know, it's been—it's probably been a few years now. I, you know, it's—it's it's never a dull moment. We're super busy. I spend most of my year down in South Florida. I run a golf instruction program at Boca Raton Resort and Club, which is just a beautiful hotel and resort. We've got members and hotel guests, and a very active group of lesson takers. And we run daily clinics, golf schools, corporate events, so that keeps me very busy. I'm also teaching up in Palm Beach at Palm Beach Country Club, and the members there are terrific, and it's a beautiful club in the north end of Palm Beach. And then family life you see, very busy. My husband and my son, we have a 10-year-old boy who is a great kid and very active and plays a lot of sports and, and does a good job at school. So there isn't a lot of free time, but it's all very good and a lot of fun.
1: Nah, good for you. Kelly, and I I also know you're working hard to bring more women into the game of golf. I was curious, are you seeing more women come to you for golf lessons when you're down in Boca and then when you're out and about playing rounds of golf? Are you seeing more and more women get into the game of golf in general? What's your observation?
0: You know, Chris, I've always been really lucky and I've always directed a lot of my, my writing and my time toward women just because I've always felt it's a bit of a forgotten market. They don't get the attention a lot of the times that I think that they should get. So I'm very kind of hyper focused on it. So because of that, because of that, and because that's really, you know, in, in my profile, I do get a lot of women that come to me and, and will seek me out for an instruction. And I think that there's a kind of a nice comfort level there. Once they do get to me that they realize I'm very relaxed. There's not a lot of pressure. We're going to have fun. If they hit a bad shot, I don't care. We might laugh because sometimes it's pretty funny, but there, there really isn't any pressure. And I think that that really leads to women coming, having a good time, seeing that they can do it, having success, and then, and then bringing their friends. So because I'm so much in the middle of that world, I do see a lot of women. And at Boca Hotel, we also, I have two other female instructors. So we have a full staff of instructors, but three female teachers. So. I love having my female teachers. They do a great job. I think the, the women at the hotel and the women coming and the men for that matter coming for our golf, golf schools are really kind of pleased with the mix of instructors that we have. So I've just always been really mindful of it. And I do see women really getting into golf and, and kind of debunking the myth that it takes all day. I think that we're doing a better job at helping them to understand that they can come and just take a lesson or they can come and play nine holes, which is an, another PGA initiative. And then this whole top golf, you know, movement where people are going and hitting balls and having fun and there's not a lot of pressure. I think that's really opening doors to not only women, but a younger generation and, and golfers of every and all abilities.
1: And Kelly, as you, as you mentioned at the top there about it being women being a forgotten market, if If you were to look out into the golf industry and say, "You know what, hey, there's a couple of things that I'd like to do to to change that what What do you think that the golf industry itself can do better to attract more women and keep more women in the game
0: You know how when I originally started writing, I did some research just to see kind of what type of information that there was out there for women, and I was almost shocked at how little there was i mean it was it was shocking to me, and that was really kind of what moved me in the direction that I went. But, you know, I think that it's not as difficult as it's portrayed. I think that, you know, if you're a woman and you want to get into golf and you're not sure how to get started, there's plenty of information out there. And you just got to either go online and find somebody in your area or ask your friends. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that a bit of this is a myth that, you know, it's difficult for women. It's not. There's so many avenues for them to enter. And. If any of your listeners feel like they're a little bit stuck and, and they want to reach out to me, they can email me, and I'm happy to find an instructor in their area that, or a program for that matter, that would get them going. So there's, it's just, it's just opening the door and, and starting the process.
1: So for folks that, that want to email you and could use some advice from you, how can they do that?
0: They can, they can email me directly at Kelly K E L L I E at KellyStenzelGolf.com. Kelly at Kelly Stenzel Golf.
1: And Kelly, just to take that up a notch, the the, uh, the idea of bringing more women and keeping more women in the game, and it, there seems like there are some very positive things happening out on the LPGA Tour. We've got the Augusta National Amateur Event, which was very successful earlier this year. We've got the LPGA Legends Tour, which is growing. We've had a second U.S. Senior Women's Open happen this year. How do you feel like, uh, how do you feel about how the LPGA is marketing itself to men and women and keep keeping people watching the game now a little more than maybe they've done in the past. Yeah,
0: I think they're really doing a great job. I thought the amateur tournament at Augusta was really fun to watch. And just to see how these young amateur college golfer female play, they just kill the ball. I mean, it's just the swings and the power and the athleticism was really fun to watch. And now you're starting to see some of those amateurs come out of that and start to move into some of the professional tournaments. I saw, uh, I can't think of her first name, but her last name was Fassy. I saw her playing in the tournament this past week and and just seeing her swing and how she handles herself. And they're so prepared coming out of high-level amateur golf and they're so prepared coming out of these college golf tournaments that I think you're going to really see that 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 market's going to really feed into the LPGA continuing to do a good job. And I think, you know, one of the things that your listeners can understand is if you go to an LPGA event, you can actually see a lot more than you can see at some of these PGA tour events. You can get up close and personal. And and I think that there's a lot to be learned from watching the women swing. Number one, they're typically not as strong. So their technique has to be better it has to be really really good so i think that you know it's nice to, to go and go to these tournaments and really see the female players up close and and really learn from them
1: yeah and that's and that's a great point kelly because you know from having gone to a couple of events and then uh, watching the the augusta national event earlier this year and that sort of thing when uh, when you get the opportunity to to watch the women play the game i think for at least for guys like me right? The game is much more relatable. Like, I can't relate to a guy like Roy McElroy that's driving the ball 390 yards at times. That's just something I can barely... I, I marvel at it. I can't comprehend it. But at least when I'm watching the women drive the ball 270, 280, 290, yeah, that's still further than I can hit it. But it's at least more relatable to me. And the And the irons that they're hitting into greens are something that I can more relate to. And I think that is An excellent point that going and watching some of those tournaments and watching how the women swing is actually probably better for those of us that are just weekend hackers to uh, to be able to relate to somebody that's playing the game and how they play it and the choices they make and the strategy for playing some of the golf courses and even the distances that they play. It's all more relatable to us.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, certainly for me, for me to hit a 270 or 280, I've got to hit a car path in there somewhere. So there's there's a lot for me to learn as well, but you know, it's a lot more relatable. There there is no question. I had the privilege to play with Rory McIlroy in a in a charity event a few years ago. I played with him in Els for Autism, and he couldn't have been nicer. And just the way he would launch the ball, I I stood right by him. I watched him hit every single shot, and just the launch angle of these long irons. I mean, literally they're like lasers. I think every time he hit one, I would just stand there and just listen to it and watch it in amazement because my the best shot I'll ever hit in my entire life will look nothing like that unfortunately it was very impressive
1: <laughs> and Kelly speaking of swings you recently did a piece for Golf Week magazine commenting on Brooks Koepka's swing talk about what impresses you most about with what, uh, what you see from him
0: well Brooks Kepka's fun to watch I mean he's you know he's a local a local South Florida uh, person, so he's very easy to root for. He's you know kind of grown up down there and gone to high school there and and still lives in the area and just to watch his success over the last few years has really been amazing and and great a great representative of the South Florida area. But my comment to Golf Week on his what impresses me the most about him, I mean, obviously he's very strong, and obviously he's very fundamental. But as I watch him, he's just so focused. I mean, I, what I see with him is just the look on his face. It doesn't change. It's very focused. It's very like. you, you, I see him be, being very level. His highs aren't really high and his lows aren't really low. And that's a great way to move around the golf course. So as much as obviously you can see the power and his balance is phenomenal. That's something that all of us could emulate would be how great his balance is, but just the way he focuses and manages his way around the golf course, he's he's definitely a person to watch on that front.
1: And he's he's very interesting to me because he's got a unique record, right? He's He's got six wins on the PGA Tour. Four of them are majors, which when you talk about focus, it, it, I, I don't know. I, obviously, I know nothing about Brooks Kevin. I don't know him. I don't know what goes through his mind. But from an observation standpoint, he looks like a guy who is, if it's not a major, he's sort of out there practicing, getting ready for a major, because the focus doesn't seem to be the same. Because if you're going to win a major, and I've said this on the show many times, if you're going to win a major anymore, you're going to have to be Brooks Kepka. The guy is always at the top of the leaderboard in in, uh, in majors, right? He's won four of the last nine. This year, he's got two seconds a right. win in the majors. but. It, Maybe, I, I don't know. What, what's your thought about his focus if it's not a major? Do you think his focus is on his game and he's practicing or he just can't, it, it just doesn't excite him enough to get him up to try to win a, you know, oh, by the way, championship or open if it's not a major?
0: You know what? That's a really good question. I, I had never really thought of it that way. And I, and maybe I'm a little bit spoiled. I don't watch a lot of golf other than the majors for whatever reason, just play busy. But you're right. He doesn't seem to do as well in the week to week tournament. So maybe he is just kind of a half step back and not quite as focused. And, you know, I think he's done a really good job of using some negative media comments to motivate himself. And maybe, you know, the media is looking for him to rise to the occasions more in the major events. So, you know, that's, that's a really interesting thought. You know, I wonder if he's just kind of a half step lower in effort and, you know, maybe doing a little more work with his coach outside of the majors, you know, and, you know, during these big tournaments, the coaches are not doing a lot of changing at that point, obviously. So, you know, maybe the time that they're making mechanical adjustments are in the smaller tournaments and, and the timing is all about getting them ready for these big tournaments.
1: It's a really good question. Kelly, you've got a wonderful website again, KellyStenzelGolf.com, and you have several playing lesson videos on there. And I want to get a few lessons for our listeners tonight. And I'd like to start with, how to hit better and more solid iron shots. How can we do a better job of making solid contact and getting the ball up in the air? Yeah,
0: one of the things that I've tried to do, Chris, beyond the books is I spent a little time filming some instructional videos. Uh, one is full swing and the other is short game. So I've been able to put those on my website. And what we've been trying to do is just get some of that information out to people just to help them, help them improve their game. And I think one of the challenges with golf is that little golf ball it sits on the ground and at a lot of these beautiful golf courses the grass is really short so those of us who have played other sports and a lot of us have there's this inclination to try to lift the ball or to try to help it up you know I see it you know every day from a lot of golfers on my lesson tee and the problem is and the challenge is it's so counterintuitive so to hit good solid iron shots I think for, you know, the average golfer, you've got to go a little bit mind over matter. So first of all, it definitely starts from a great posture where the golfer's bending or bowing from their hips and getting their chest forward so their arms can hang because their arms love to return to where they hang. So it's really a bowing, chest forward, hands hanging right below shoulders. And I like to see the weight a little more forward toward the toes, especially for the women. We've got to get in balance for our, our bodies, which are a little bit different. And then from there, once the student is kind of balanced and in an athletic position, weight a little more forward, and they start to swing their arms, they've got, this is where the mind over matter part happens, in my opinion. It's almost like a throwing. It's almost like on the downswing, like a straight extension down. Like if the golfer were to have a golf ball in the right hand, and they were to throw the ball straight down to the ground, that's not an exaggeration. That's exactly how the club head gets that club back down to the turf. Ideally, the golf ball is in the right position in the setup, so the divot's happening after the ball. But it comes from good posture and really being willing to extend down toward the ground. I'll I'll give you a quick story here. I spent some time around Bob Tosky down in South Florida, and, and you know he's entertaining and just a brilliant instructor. And he would put a golf ball on the ground, and he would kind of right in between his feet out where the golf ball would be. And he would take a golf ball, and he would put it in his right hand. And he'd turn back and he would straighten the arm straight down, and he would throw the ball in his hand down toward the ball on the ground, and he could hit that golf ball. I watched him like every single time, like times in a row, like 10, 15 times. And he's he just amazingly coordinated, even at I think Bob's playing 91 now. but that visual of seeing that extension and that throwing down. You know, I think is a really important visual for any golfer trying to hit the ball off of the ground and trying to avoid that inclination to help the ball or lift the ball. It's, it's really, you know, it's really a straight down extension down. And when you see good golfers hitting, you know, good solid shots, you'll see them taking that turf, you know, that divot, that little turf after the ball. You know, they're not holding back. They're, they're taking big chunks of ground. And I'm not saying that every golfer has to do that. But I am saying that that to hit good, solid shots, if they're straightening their trail arm on their downswing and really almost like a throwing motion, that'll get the club down to the ground. And it'll also create some acceleration to the head and give a little more distance and power.
1: Kelly, let's switch it up a little bit. Let's talk short game. And we do that a lot here on this show. But give us some tips. When we're just off the green and need to hit a chip shot close, how do we hit that shot solidly and not either chunk it or blade it across the green?
0: Well, first of all, it always goes back to good solid posture, you know, good things happen from good setups. But I think the more the golfers can realize that chipping is putting, and if they can convince themselves to make as much of a putting stroke as possible, so probably gripping down on the handle of the chipping club, stance a little more narrow so that their body won't move around a lot. I like to see the club right in the center of the body. You're seeing very little of the ball too far back in stances anymore because they're trying to Minimize shaft leans forward to keep the club from digging, and then literally like a side to side putting stroke with a little weight in their forward foot. And if they can convince themselves to make a putting stroke, what happens is the chosen club never really gets that high off of the ground. So it's relatively low back and through, and that makes it pretty forgiving. If there's not a lot of up and down, it's a lot easier to brush. So to me, the more that they can convince themselves it is putting, other than the setup's slightly different and the weight's a little forward, I think they're going to find that because of that good setup and that very shallow sweeping motion, they won't hit a lot of fat or thin shots.
1: And what about club selection? On that shot, Are you is that, is that a pitching wedge? Is that a sand wedge? Is that a seven or an eight iron? What, what do you like when you're, say, five or ten yards off the green, chipping right up to it?
0: Yeah, you know, Chris, that's a good question. I've actually changed the way I teach. It's one of the things that really has changed. I used to, in my mind, have like a side stroke that I kind of thought was the right side stroke. And unfortunately, I probably wasted a lot of students' time trying to get them to make that stroke because some of them like little strokes and some of them like big strokes. So what I do now is I find their most comfortable stroke size and then we calibrate from there. So we determine whatever their most comfortable chipping stroke size and then we'll literally go through the bag, sand wedge, gap, gap wedge, pitching wedge, 9-iron, 8-iron, 7-iron, and we'll build a yardage chart for them based upon their more comfortable stroke size and it's it's really just a great way to minimize risk because they're making their most comfortable stroke size. And they're probably covering every distance from as short as five yards, maybe even up to 40 to 50. So I'm trying to let them be the golfer that they are and build their yardage chart, you know, based upon what makes them the most comfortable and therefore the most
1: successful. Does any of this change as set up club depending on what the lie is like? Like if we a on a hole that's got a really tight lie. Does anything change in the setup or the club that you select?
0: Not so much for chipping, but we're, we're definitely dealing with a lot of tight lies. And, and it's so situational. I was actually fortunate enough to be out at Pebble Beach a couple of weeks ago at the U.S. Open and, and spent a lot of time watching the players, you know, practice in that long rough. You know, and, and what I noticed from the PGA Tour players in this long rough is they rarely, if ever, chipped the ball. So the shot that I just described to you is is definitely to be a very go-to shot for For most golfers, because it's a little lower maintenance, but they were having to hit kind of very high risky pitch shots with a lot of hinge on the backswing and then really accelerating the club down and through to get that, get the bounce of the club working a little bit better. So it's, it's definitely situational and the PGA tour players are just so good at that high lofted shot. They can, they can hit any shot from anywhere and it really is not a problem for them.
1: Kelly, before we let you go, remind our listeners how they can stay up to date with all the great things you're doing and follow you on your website and on social media as well.
0: Yeah, I would just love to have them visit me or contact me through my website, kellystenzelgolf.com. And I'm happy, you know, if somebody feels stuck in their game, please feel free to reach out to me. And if I can't help you, I will find somebody that can. And Chris, do me a favor when you have Olin Brown on your show next, please tell him I said hello. We used to. Play a little golf together when I worked at Admiral's Cove a long, long time ago.
1: He's a great guy, and I wish him a lot of luck this week. Ah, I appreciate that very much. He is a great guy, and he'll be joining me here in just a minute. Kelly, thank you so much for taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of the show. It's always fantastic when you're here. I hope you'll come back and join me again real soon.
0: Yeah, thanks, Chris. It was fun being with you, and I'll look forward to doing this again sometime soon.
1: All right, Kelly. Take care. All the best to you and your family. Thank you. That is the great Kelly Stenzel. K-E-L-L-I-E is how she spells Kelly, and Stenzel is S-T-E-N-Z-E-L. So KellyStenzelGolf.com is the name of the website. You can follow her online or on uh, social media as well at Kelly Stenzel Golf. I'm telling you folks, you go on her website, and, and there's some nice videos on there sort of wet your whistle for the great things that she has in store, and you can find some on YouTube as well, and the books are fantastic. I, the one thing that I really enjoy about Kelly is just the in the delivery style. and I think you got a taste of that throughout the course of the interview and how she talked about it up at the top of the uh, of our time together where she talks about it being relaxed and very easy. and I think that is the thing you know one of the keys to how great a teacher she is is because you feel relaxed when you when you watch the videos and you watch how she's teaching you how to hit these shots, and then obviously you know in the in the course of the interview as well. I think that's a great treat that, uh, that Kelly has. She's a fantastic instructor on top of all of that and very much uh, looking forward to having her back on the show with me again real soon.